Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we have Mr. Fit to Fat to Fit himself, Drew Manning. I think one of the myths that I see in the keto space is just because you're in ketosis doesn't mean you're going to lose weight and doesn't mean you're becoming healthier. I think people, they'll prick their finger and say, oh, I'm at 1.0, but I'm not losing weight and I'm still inflamed. Mm -hmm. Just that number on your blood ketometer doesn't equate to better health. And people do that with the scale too, thinking, oh, I'm losing weight, therefore I'm becoming healthier. Not necessarily. You could be losing the muscle mass and losing weight on the scale and that looks great, but that doesn't equate to, to better health. I'm a certified functional health practitioner who's on a mission to educate 1 billion people. I've been obese for most of my life. From rock bottom to the top of the mountain, I am passionate about studying ancient healing strategies like fasting and the ketogenic diet and curating this information on the Keto Camp podcast. My goal is to bring you the thought leaders in this space. My name is Ben Azadi, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, hey, what's up, Keto Campers? All right, this episode with Drew is going to pull at your heartstrings because yes, we dive deep into all things keto, how to do it right, how to do it wrong, and some really cool tips Drew's gonna share so you can maximize your ketogenic results. But we also talk about the mindset. We talk about what's going on on the inside because if that doesn't change, then just doing everything according to the keto plan with the macros and the exercise and all that, it just won't work to the extent that you want it to work. So we talk about gratitude, we talk about self-love, we talk about Drew's amazing story. He's gonna share with you what he has done in the past so he could experience what it feels like for his clients who are just trying so hard to lose weight. And before, he didn't have any idea what it felt like until he actually put himself in a position to intentionally gain a lot of weight and go from fit to fat and share that experience of losing all that weight with his clients and with the world. And he created a great movement, the Fit to Fat to Fit movement. He also has the book, Complete Keto. He's a New York Times bestselling author. And most importantly, he's an amazing human being. And this interview took place in person. Drew came over at Keto Camp HQ in Miami and uh, the audio sounds impeccable. The interview is just one of my favorites. You're really going to enjoy it. And I can't wait to share Drew with you. And before I do, I want to express my gratitude for you, Keto Campers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and all episodes of the Keto Camp podcast. It really means so much to us. Our mission here at Keto Camp is to educate and inspire 1 billion people on planet Earth. And your listen really helps us get to that goal. Please take a screenshot of this episode of the Keto Camp podcast and tag me and Drew in it on Instagram and we'll be sure, I'll be sure to see that and tag it on and share it on my story. So my Instagram handle is at TheBenazadi, that is T-H-E-B-E-N-A-Z-A-D-I, TheBenazadi. And then Drew's handle is Fit2Fat2Fit. So that's F-I-T, the number two, F-A-T, the number two, and then fit. If you haven't left this show or rating a review yet, please pause it right now and quickly just go to Apple iTunes or wherever you're listening to and leave it a brief review. It really makes a big difference 
for the show and helping it to get into other people's hands. You never know what it might do for you to just write that quick review. It could help somebody get this episode and this information that could change their life. This episode of the Keto Camp Podcast is sponsored by the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. Look, not all olive oil is created equal. Even the most expensive bottle you'll find in your grocery store just doesn't live up to the hype. And I've tested it. And here's how you can test it. Go to your cupboard, grab your bottle of olive oil, and take a tablespoon of it. If it burns your throat, makes your tongue a little fuzzy, and potentially makes you cough, then hey, two thumbs up, you got yourself a good one that's loaded in polyphenols, antioxidants, and a lot of good compounds. But if it goes down smooth and you don't get any of that, red flag, that is not one of the good ones. The problem with grocery store olive oil, it sits on the shelf, the transportation time. And the harvest is not first harvest, it's usually towards the end so they could yield more oil. Well, my friends over at the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club, they do it right. It's first harvested, fresh pressed, put on a jet, delivered to your door. Every quarter or so, I get about three bottles of these amazing fresh pressed olive oil bottles. And I gotta tell you, it will burn your throat. It'll make your tongue fuzzy. It is the most delicious olive oil I've ever had. And it's a great component tool to add to your ketogenic lifestyle because you could add it to your salads, use it for dressings and dips, right? You could also use it to cook with because as you might have heard when I deep dived into olive oil with TJ Robinson a few episodes back, if it's real olive oil, the polyphenols will protect it from the heat. And go listen to that episode with TJ Robinson if you want to learn more about that. But hey, I got you all Keto Campers, a $39 bottle of the Fresh Press olive oil for one buck. Head over to ketocampoliveoil.com. That's camp with the K, ketocampoliveoil.com and claim a $39 bottle for one buck. Okay, let's talk all things keto with Drew Manning. Drew Manning is a health and fitness expert and is the New York Times best-selling author of Fit to Fat to Fit, The Unexpected Lessons from Gaining and Losing 75 Pounds on Purpose and has for years been a leading voice in the burgeoning keto diet movement. Drew is also the creator of the A&E show Fit to Fat to Fit and the host of the Fit to Fat to Fit Experience podcast. With over a million social media followers, Drew continues to transform people's lives all around the world. Known for his straightforward and empathetic fitness and health coaching, Drew has been featured on The Dr. Oz Show, CNN, Good Morning America, The Tonight Show, The View, and MSNBC, and among other media outlets. He lives in Salt Lake City, Utah, with his daughters who remind him every day not to take things too seriously. Drew Manning, welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast, brother. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. You are actually here in Miami, Florida at yeah. Keto Camp HQ, <laughs> and we connected with uh, Dr. Pompa, the Platinum Doctors, and you just are a wealth of information. You're an amazing human being, and we're going to talk all about your book. We're going to talk all about the cool things you're doing, your programs. I just admire you so much. Thank you. And before we get into that, how did you start this journey yeah. of, of healing, of health, and talk about your Fit to Fat to Fit movement? Yeah, so back in 2011, I had this crazy idea, right? I was a personal trainer. And I was I was someone who had never been overweight a day in my life. And so here I was as a typical trainer trying to help people transform. And there was a disconnect between them and me 
And I couldn't understand why they couldn't just do what I told them to do, right? I was super fit my entire life. I played football and I wrestled. And for me, getting in shape was easy. All you do is you eat healthy food and you work out and then you get the results. And my clients kept struggling with that. They would, you know, derail a little bit from their meal plans or give in to some food that they weren't supposed to eat. And sometimes they wouldn't go to the gym. And I'm like, why don't you just do it? You know, it's not that hard. You just do it, mm-hmm. right? And for them, they would kind of tell me, you know, Drew, you don't understand what it's like. And... Uh, I kind of took that to heart. I'm like, you know, you're right. I don't understand why it's so hard for you. And so I was thinking of ideas to better relate to them. And as crazy as it sounds, the idea of getting fat on purpose, you know, that idea entered my head and a light bulb went off. Like, what if you actually did this? Like, what if you recorded this journey of you gaining weight on purpose to better understand your clients and documented the whole thing? It would give you a better understanding, possibly, and it would be entertaining for people to watch. And so I decided to start Fit to Fat to Fit, which was six months of no exercise, uh, eating a standard American diet, and then gaining a lot of weight. And then the next six months, walking the walk and showing people, okay, this is how you lose the weight. And that was the idea in a nutshell. And that's kind of where this whole journey began back in 2011. That is a crazy (laughs) idea. And you know what? It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. So let's talk about that journey of gaining the weight, Mm -hmm. eating a a standard American diet, AKA a stupid American diet. What were some of the struggles you had gaining all that weight? So I'll be honest. At first it was really fun. Like it wasn't that difficult in the beginning because let's be honest, like Cinnamon Toast Crunch tastes amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so good. Sugary cereal, yeah. sugary soda, chips, cookies, crackers. Like, here in America, we have so many highly processed foods that are cheap, right? That's cheaper than real food. It's very convenient. And like I said, it tastes really, really good. So it was kind of easy the first month or so to eat that food, enjoy it, and pack on the pounds. So you were like, quicker. this is the best experiment ever. <laughs> I'm getting to drink this sugary uh, cereal water or cereal yeah. milk, right? You know, that cinnamon toast crunch milk yep. that comes at the end. Yeah, so go Yeah, it was yeah. fun. I was like a kid in a candy store. You go to the grocery store, you skip the produce section because that's where all the healthy food is, and you just go right down the cereal aisle, cookie aisle, snack aisle, dessert aisle, frozen food aisle, and like we have an abundance of these highly processed foods that are hyper palatable, and it was kind of fun. But after about a month, things started to shift very quickly. So walking up the stairs, I was out of breath. I started snoring at night, which affected my sleep, which affected my mood, which affected my energy levels, affects your hormones. And I just realized that, man, this is going to be a lot harder than I I thought. And so the weight piled on a lot quicker. But the surprise of all of it was how it affected me mentally and emotionally. So here's the thing. When you grow up your entire life in shape, that becomes your identity. Your body image becomes your self-image. And so for me, my identity was my body. I was Drew the fit guy. But now that I was overweight, who was I? I kind of freaked out. And so I didn't know I didn't know who I was. I wanted to go up to strangers and tell them like, hey, guys, I'm not really overweight. This is just an experiment. Like, I don't look like this normally. I don't know who you are, but here's my before picture. Here's my website. Like, I wanted to explain it to people because I was so self-conscious and worried about what other people thought about me now that I had lost my identity. And so for me, I did freak out, and it affected me so much more on the mental and emotional side than I ever expected. And that's what my book, Fit to Fat to Fit, goes into. It dives into that personal journey of me kind of losing myself, doing Fit to Fat to Fit, but then eventually finding myself at the end and coming out of it a better man, a better human, a better trainer, more empathetic, a better understanding of what people go through when they're trying to lose weight. And my eyes were open, and that's why I have no regrets doing what I did. 
Yeah, well, I acknowledge you for that because that's a tough thing to do. It, it sounds great. You get to eat everything you <laughs> yeah, want. Yeah, it sounds fun on and paper. I, but. I used to be fat, so I went from fat to fit instead yeah. of the other way. Uh, and I know what it feels like to be overweight. I was 80 pounds overweight. I was yeah. depressed. My energy levels were just low all day. It was a roller coaster ride. Yeah. And it sucks. You know, yeah, yeah it feels good to eat that food in the moment. And then yeah. shortly thereafter, I'm, my energy levels are crashed and I just feel guilty. Yeah. So I acknowledge you for going through six months. So now you are, how much weight did you gain? Uh, 76 pounds. 76 pounds heavier. Yeah. Six months into it. And now you're like, okay, we got to get the weight off. Yeah. How did that go? So that was a really huge learning lesson for me. It was really eye-opening because what happened was I went six months of eating this highly processed food, which my body got adapted to. And then now I went cold turkey. I went from eating 5,000 calories of Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Mountain Dew and Twinkies and uh, macaroni and cheese and Hot Pockets to all of a sudden 2,000 calories of real whole food. And I'll be totally honest with you, my body didn't like it at first. My body, it was like getting off of a drug. My body wanted the high that it had had for six months, became dependent on that food, where now that I cut it out, I felt miserable. I felt uh, like I was going through these withdrawal symptoms mm -hmm. of I had headaches, I was moody, I was grumpy, I had lack of energy, I had brain fog, I felt starving all the time. The food did not taste as good as I remembered it, so my taste buds had adapted to that, that new food. And now that I was eating broccoli and kale and you know chicken and, and real food, my body liked the taste of the, the other food, the processed food. And so those first two weeks were hell. That were literally hell for me to go through, even though I was a proponent of health saying, oh, yeah, eating this way is great and I love being healthy. It sucked for, for, for about two weeks, but my eyes were open and it clicked for me. This is what my clients have been telling me. Like when I give them a meal plan and a workout plan, I expect them to be perfect at it. I didn't realize the emotional connection to food and the power that that connection has over people. Whereas before, I'm like, look, it's not that hard. Just willpower your way through it. Put down the junk food. Put down the soda. It's not that difficult until I lived it, even for six months, man, was it hard. It was so much harder than I thought it would be. I thought it was just as simple as putting it down and not eating it and not giving in. It's kind of like us, you know, trying to tell a drug addict, like, hey, just stop doing drugs. It's not that hard, right? Because we've never experienced that. We don't know what it's like to be truly addicted. And so for me, it really built that empathy for my clients and other people that struggle with trying to live a healthy lifestyle perfectly. Even though I did push through it, I had the accountability of people watching me and the support system, people watching me like we we're all doing it together. So that helped me push through. But I realized, man, I was so wrong in trying to just willpower other people through that process and be like, look, it's, it's just it's not that hard until I did it myself. Yeah, I, I love the message because I hope it, it relates to trainers and coaches right now who are in your previous position of not being empathetic, not yeah. knowing what it feels like. And they hear this message that you're expressing and they understand, oh, maybe it's m much more than just a willpower thing. It's yeah. a, an emotional connection. It's a identi their identity, right? Yeah. So I, I, I agree with you. That's why when people talk about just cutting your calories and exercising more, <laughs> I think it's just a distraction to what really matters. There's yeah. so many things that matter because like you said, it is a drug. <laughs> And in this scenario, sugar lights up the same part of your brain as co a cocaine addiction yeah. does. So in that scenario, it's like a drug. And, and you're right. If you tell somebody, okay, no more cocaine or no more sugar, <laughs> they're going to experience some symptoms. And that's yeah. what the keto flu is. And I, and I think keto flu is a negative term. What it is, like you said, are detox symptoms, withdrawal symptoms. Yeah. So we kind of have to shift our mindset and know that the body's healing. And those symptoms are not necessarily bad, but it does suck to go through it. Yeah. So at what point during this journey, because you created a great movement, you've been yeah. on Jay Leno, uh, Dr. Oz, Tom Bilyeu, yeah. and other shows. At what point did, this, did you see this movement start to really grow? 
there was different phases of it. So here's the thing. People don't realize back in 2011, I started from zero. Zero followers on Facebook, zero followers on any of the social media platforms. I didn't have media connections. Like I didn't know Jay Leno or Dr. Oz or the producers. I didn't have a marketing strategy to be like, all right, I'm going to use this to get on this show and get this book deal. It all happened organically, right? Which I think in, from my perspective and what other people have told me is what made it relatable to your average person watching, right? I didn't come out of the gate with this huge marketing strategy and media connections to, like, all right, this is how I'm going to do a book and create a TV show. So what happened was the first phase was my story got published on a fitness bloggers website and then Yahoo saw that and picked it up because they saw it got good traction. They asked if they could post it on yahoo.com. So yahoo.com happened where there I was on the front page of yahoo.com and my website crashed and I got calls from every TV show, right? So that was like the first phase of like, okay, people are really, you know, liking this. And where, where were you in your journey when that happened? Were you gaining the weight? Or I, was you- about, I was gaining the weight. I was probably about like three months in, three months in. So it took me three months of me kind of doing my own efforts of yep. like talking to local radio shows and local TV shows in Utah, which is where I was doing this journey, you know, posting about it on my own Facebook and hopefully, you know, people spread the word and it it did spread. The word did spread. And then from there, a book deal happened, right? So I wrote my first book, Fit to Fat to Fit, which became a New York Times bestseller. And then from there, I met with a production company out of LA that said, hey, we want to create a TV show. And even though we started that journey when I was losing the weight, the TV show didn't happen until three years later. (laughs) So like we had talked about it, we pitched it to all the TV networks. No one picked it up until three years later. So I'm kind of speeding up this process. So there was phases of this journey becoming, you know, popular or viral, if you will. There was different phases. And then here we are eight years later, obviously still talking about it, blows people's minds when they see the pictures. And so I've had two TV shows or two seasons of my TV show, Fit to Fit to Fit. I have two books now, Complete Keto is my second book. And so I've kind of transitioned to the keto space about four and a half years ago, went on Dr. Oz again, talking about the benefits of the keto diet. So yeah, that's kind of been my journey. Obviously there's a lot of ups and downs. We could talk, we could do a whole nother episode just about the business side of this and what happened and what I learned and the mistakes I made. But here we are, you know, eight, nine years later, still talking about fit to fit, which is incredible. Yeah, it is incredible. All right. So now you said four, four and a half years ago, you transitioned into a ketogenic lifestyle. Yeah. And that's a key word, lifestyle. I didn't yes, say diet. There you go. <laughs> Why keto? So uh, obviously I'm a self-experimenter. I like to do experimentations on my body. And I had heard about the keto diet back in the day, but it wasn't mainstream. No one was really doing it for weight loss or fat loss back in 2011, 2012. At least it wasn't in the mainstream yet. Fast forward to, you know, 2015 or so, I was listening to the Tim Ferriss podcast and this guy named Dr. Dominic D'Agostino was on talking about the science that had been done, the scientific research that had been done on the ketogenic lifestyle, like you said. And I was blown away at all the scientific research that had been done on this. I had no idea, right? I thought it was just another diet, like just, you know, like paleo or whatever. Right. And I was like, okay, I, didn't, I had no idea that they used it for traumatic brain injury or or um Epilepsy. Epilepsy. No, I knew epilepsy, but it was the toxicity that Navy SEALs were experiencing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had no idea that his research was funded by the Department of Defense. Yeah. And so I was like, this is amazing. I thought it was just a diet. And so I started looking into it, did my own research, and decided to do an experiment on myself of keto. And back then, there was no... There's no ebooks out there yet about like how to do keto. There was no, you know? no, There's no keto yet. There wasn't a lot of books yet. Yeah. And so I just kind of did my own research and did a 60 day experiment where I just cut out all carbs and I felt 
amazing. Mm. So I didn't lose any weight. I didn't lose any fat. I was already lean to begin with. You didn't lose any muscle. Yeah, I didn't lose any muscle either. And I went from eating six meals a day to eating two meals a day, Mm. not feeling hangry ever. And I was able to do my CrossFit workouts still. And my brain has never felt that mental clarity before. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I loved about keto is the mental clarity was through the roof. And my digestion was better too because I wasn't eating from sun up to sundown. And I wasn't losing any muscle mass. I'm like, this is a great lifestyle because I'm not a slave to food. My brain feels sharper. My digestion is better. And it felt great. So after 60 days, I was, I was, um, you were sold. Yeah. I was like, dude, this is awesome. And so I started living it. And then I got connected to Dr. Dom through mutual connections, a long story, but basically he, I was supposed to, uh, he was supposed to go on the Dr. Oz show. And because I haven't told this to a lot of people, but because he couldn't make it, he was on his honeymoon. He said, Hey, Drew's a good friend of mine. He's been on your show before. Why don't you guys have him on? So it was Dr. Axe before Dr. Josh Axe became big and me. And we came on to talk about the benefits of the ketogenic diet. And then ever since then, keto has just blown up, right? Yes. It's become huge. Everyone and their dog is, yeah, dogs are literally yeah, doing my, keto my now. Yeah, my dog's doing yeah. keto. And he does yeah. fasting too, yeah. Yeah, my dog too. And so now it's 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 so popular and it's, and it's huge. So since then, I've just kind of, uh, you know, done more research, had more people on my podcast, more experts and doctors. What's the name of your podcast? Fit to Fat to Fit Experience. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, everything's branded Fit to Fat to Fit pretty much except for complete keto. So anyways, yeah. And so that's how I got into the ketogenic lifestyle. I love it. So you experimented, which is a great thing to do. Experiment what yeah. works with you. Take what works, discard what doesn't work, yeah. move forward, right? Yeah. So you, and I have this in my question, so it's perfect that you brought it up. You said there was a, a mental clarity that you didn't have before, and you went from eating six meals a day to two. Yeah. Now, that mental clarity, do you know when you're in ketosis by the way you feel without having to test? Is that something that you f- could feel? Now, yeah, now that I've been doing it for so long, yeah. yeah, for sure. I definitely know when I'm in ketosis, and I know when I'm not in ketosis. You know, whether I'm 0.4 or 1.4, I, I can't really tell a, a huge difference. You know, like for me, anything above 0.5 is obviously nutritional ketosis. But, you know, uh, for me, I know if I'm not in ketosis for sure. Yeah. And the interesting thing that you say, that the reason you, you brought that up makes me think about people who have never experienced what it's like to be in ketosis. I think it's worth at least giving it a shot to understand what we're talking about, right? A lot of people like what we're saying about the mental clarity and only wanting to eat two meals a day and and being able to go a long period of time without food, but you have to get adapted. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to give your body time to adapt. Like people want that to happen on day one. Mm -hmm. Like this sucks. My body doesn't feel good, you know? And they're wondering. all symptoms that we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of people cut it short. I just had a friend of mine who's like, dude, he was like a week and a half in. He wasn't there yet. And he's like, this is too hard. Yeah. I'm like, okay, at least you gave it a try, but you're going to need at least 30 days, in my opinion, to really experience and feel that. I love it. Actually, in my Keto Camp Academy, I have a 28-day keto jumpstart. For me, it takes 28 days to teach the body how to have this metabolic flexibility so they don't feel like crap anymore because you could feel worse before you feel better, Exactly. especially if you've been a sugar burner for a long time. (laughs) But there's not one way to do keto. There's thousands and thousands. If we go on Dr. Google right now on this computer and put what is the keto diet, we'll get 183 million results, dude. Really? So, <laughs> so let's crazy. talk about that. Let's talk about how you teach it. What is okay. clean keto according to you? What you talk about in the book, talk about clean keto and then let's talk about dirty keto. Yeah. So first of all, my, my keto journey has evolved or transitioned. If you go back and look at when I first did keto, there wasn't a lot of information out there. So it's like, all right, just cut out carbs, eat everything else that's high in fat and low in carbs. And it was, I wouldn't say more of a dirty keto approach, but it was 
it was an uneducated form of keto. And then and now it's evolved into where I feel like complete keto is the most bang for your buck out there, the cleanest way to do keto, uh, in in my opinion. So what I've discovered is there's different levels of keto too. Like like when I first did it, going from what I was eating before to that, like that was an amazing step. But since then there's been other amazing steps to where I've like, okay, this worked for a while, but now that I'm three, four years in do I still eat the same way that I did back then? No, I'm always changing, evolving, upgrading. And so my perception of clean keto is a whole food approach, right? The, the, the issue that we have, and this, this goes for every popular diet out there, is once a diet becomes popularized like keto or vegan or paleo yep. is we start coming up with these convenience products because in America, we like convenience products. So, okay, how can we make keto more convenient? Well, we're going to need a keto pizza. We're going to need keto bread. We're going to need keto cupcakes, keto cookies, keto desserts. And we start creating these other categories of, you know, they fit into that lifestyle. But the problem is people gravitate towards that, the easy stuff, even though it's not the cleanest ingredients and the healthiest ingredients but yeah, it's, te- it's technically keto. You could stay in ketosis eating these foods, but we never change our behavior. And that's where people are like, I'm gaining weight. I don't understand. Or I'm still inflamed and I'm doing keto. And like you said, it's not a one size fits all approach. <laughs> so you got to experiment. You got to find what works best for you. And yes, is there a time and place for these keto convenience treats? For sure. Yeah. I'm not gonna, like, I'm not saying I never consume those. I definitely do. But it's just being aware of when to plug those into to my diet. And then the dirty keto, that's something that, you know, obviously has evolved and it's become popularized as well because let's face it, we like convenience, right? That's why we have Uber Eats on our phone or yep. we have fast food right by us. So the problems don't fall into that trap of only eating these highly processed meats, these highly processed cheeses and dairy and these keto treats. And that's the mistakes that people make on keto is they just go dirty keto. And yes, you can lose weight. You can stay in ketosis eating those foods. I've seen a ton of people do it, mm-hmm. but does that equate to better health? Probably not over the long term, yeah. you know, for most people. And so that's kind of where we try and get people from A to Z. We're like, okay, you're going to do keto, go all the way over here and be a purist and, and never touch that food. For some people that works, for most people it's like, oh, okay, let's go to, from A to B, B to C, C to D. And then like they start consuming your content, my content, other people's content, these books, these podcasts, and they start learning, okay, maybe I should cut out like these keto treats or maybe I should cut out dairy for 30 days and see how my body responds. So that's what my book, Complete Keto, does is it's a dairy-free, nut-free, 30-day approach to keto just because those are two of the foods that I find people overconsume. And, you know, I mean, just go to Costco, get a a thing of salted cashews Mm -hmm. and try and eat one handful. (laughs) They're so good. (laughs) And you just keep eating them. They're like, oh, it's keto. It's low in carbs. But really, you're having four or five handfuls a day and you're not losing weight or you're eating three cheese sticks, you know, per day. And you're like, I don't understand. I'm in ketosis, but I'm not losing weight. Yeah, I I love it. I love that you bring this up because... There's no cookie cutter approach to keto. Yeah. And there's so much information out there because if somebody, like I mentioned, goes on Dr. Google and they type in, how do I follow a keto diet? They're going to get a leading authority who tells you to do it this way. Yeah. And they're going to get a leading authority who tells you to do it the complete opposite way. And then it leaves the person paralyzed. Yeah. So something I've learned from my experience, not just with health, but studying successful entrepreneurs, people that I admire. I used to be all over the place. I used to study 20, 30, 40 people, <laughs> read different books, and I was just confused. Yeah. So my advice to people is pick some people that you like their personality. Yeah. They have the track record. They're getting great results. And you follow them. Yeah. You experiment with them. And if it works, you continue doing it. Because if you follow this person, that woman, it's just going to leave you confused. So I love 
love how you teach that. Yeah. It's straightforward. It's very easy to understand, by the way. This book right here, it's it's exactly what the title says, Complete Keto. <laughs> Complete. <laughs> yeah. so, speaking of ingredients and, and these keto being popular, we go to Whole Foods, we go to the gas station, you'll yeah. see bars that say keto on it. Yeah. Just like gluten-free, just like organic. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's healthy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure this happens to you all the time. Companies reach out to you and say, hey, I want you to try our product in exchange for promoting it. Yeah. Happens to me all the time too. And I had a company recently, I'm not going to name who they were, but they had this keto granola yeah. and they sent it to me. <clears throat> and then I reviewed the ingredients because I didn't look at the gluten-free, I didn't look at the organic. Yeah. I looked at the ingredients and it said canola. And I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, I'm like, and I wrote them back. I'm like, do you know you have canola in your, in your product? It creates inflammation around yourselves and I wouldn't consume that or yeah. teach that and they're like oh you know thank you for consideration so it's having that awareness yeah. that you talk about that I talk about and we're not going to be perfect sometimes I'll consume canola and I don't know it but if yeah. you understand and look at the ingredients you won't be fooled by marketing exactly and that's really smart and see that's what that's a for everyone listening out there like that's you've done the research and that's that's where you're at and for other people they'll listen to that and be like oh that's too confusing it's too hard for me to look at that it's like okay maybe you're not there yet but you listening to this like maybe one day you'll it'll hit you where like, okay, I need, I'm going to be more aware. Like 2020, I'm going to upgrade. I'm going to elevate myself to become more aware and, you know, be more responsible for the things I'm putting in my body. You know what I'm saying? And so, yes, I get that all the time with, with companies sending me stuff. And I tell people this all the time. You could drink Diet Coke and chug vegetable oil all day and probably stay in ketosis. Yeah, for sure. And you might even lose weight. Is that healthier for you? Probably not. Like you're, <laughs> that's like really unhealthy, right? But I think one of the myths that I see in the keto space is just because you're in ketosis doesn't mean you're going to lose weight and doesn't mean you're becoming healthier. I think people, they'll prick their finger and say, oh, I'm at 1.0, but I'm not losing weight and I'm still inflamed. Mm -hmm. Just that number on your blood ketometer doesn't equate to better health. And people do that with the scale too, yeah. thinking, oh, I'm losing weight, therefore I'm becoming healthier. Not yeah. necessarily. You could be losing the muscle mass and losing weight on the scale, and that looks great, but that doesn't equate to, to better health. Okay, in your book, Complete Keto, which is right here, I'm not going to drop it like I did before, <laughs> you have uh, some tips on how to follow keto without a gallbladder. Could you share a little bit about that? Yeah, about what that? I found with the gallbladder thing, and this isn't the majority of people, but people without a gallbladder have a tough time digesting or assimilating the fats from a high-fat you know, ketogenic diet. And so what I found is an ox bile liver enzyme that people can buy on Amazon. I'm not associated with any brand out there, but it's done miracles for people that struggle mm -hmm. with a keto diet that don't have a, a gallbladder. And that's something I found, you know, anecdotally works for, yeah. for most people out there. That's kind of uh, one of the things that, it, and like you said, we've talked about this whole podcast is there's totally different ways to do keto. And so uh, that's one of the things that I've found that helps people without a gallbladder because there's, you know, quite a few people out there that don't have one. They yeah. think, well, I can't do keto. Yeah. You know, it's the number one surgery in the U.S. Really? The gallbladder? gallbladder? <laughs> yeah. Wow, dude, I didn't know that. <laughs> so I get all the time, I get asked, How do, I don't have a gallbladder. So that's a great tip. I say the yeah. same thing. Get ox bile, spread your fats out. Don't yep. eat too much in one sitting. And you can't, it can be done. You just got to have some considerations there. Yeah. So I love that. Okay, yeah. next question. <laughs> How important are electrolytes, especially as you transition from being a sugar burner to a fat burner? Actually, before we even get to that, yeah. what's the difference between burning sugar and burning fat? And then how important is it to include electrolytes as you make that transition? Yeah. So most of us grew, who grew up here in America are probably most likely sugar burners because we have cereal for breakfast and bread for lunch and pasta for dinner. And we have bread with every single meal. So we're very efficient at burning glucose as an energy source, right? When you shift over to a high fat diet and you cut out the carbohydrates, your body's going to retain less water. And when you retain less water, you're also 
also missing out on essential minerals, right? So sodium, potassium, magnesium, uh, mostly. And so what happens is when people transition from eating you know, a high carb diet, a standard American diet to eating a high fat diet, uh, a ketogenic diet is their body will retain less water, which some people like because they're losing some yeah, weight in the it's, beginning. It's a good thing. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But if you don't replenish those essential minerals, what's going to happen is you're going to experience what you mentioned, the keto flu or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's most likely due to an uh, imbalance of electrolytes. And when I say the word electrolytes, and this is something that I've been working at changing, people think Gatorade. Oh, <laughs> you gosh, know? Like, yeah. Okay, so I need to drink Gatorade. Gatorade Zero, right? Yeah, Gatorade Zero. That's as, keto. Because like, we don't know, like, okay, how else do I get my electrolytes? Yeah. In? But anyways, so sodium, potassium, magnesium are, I wouldn't say are optional. They're mandatory. Like hitting those numbers, and, and it's different for each person, mm-hmm. right? But generally what I tell people is about five to seven grams of sodium per day. 300 to 500 milligrams of magnesium and about 1500 to 3500 milligrams of potassium. Mm-hmm. Try and getting those in every single day so that you feel optimal on the ketogenic diet and that's going to get rid of any of those keto flu symptoms especially and and you got to be drinking a lot of water too. Yeah. Not just taking the electrolytes, but you got to be drinking a lot more water and supplementing with those electrolytes especially during those first 2 weeks as your body transitions. Yep. And that's why people feel awful or feel the brain fog or those keto flu like symptoms which can be, you know, cramping in the muscles and uh, lower energy and brain fog, mm-hmm. uh, especially during those first couple weeks. Yeah, great tips right there. So if you're thinking about doing keto because we have the new year coming up and everybody has their new year's resolutions and keto might be on the list for so many people, that's an important thing you just said, electrolytes. And like yeah. you said, potassium, magnesium, sodium, and it doesn't have to come from supplements, although that yes. will help, from green leafy vegetables, right? Yeah. From sea salt. I mean, I have my, my little salt right there that I put in my water all day. I, ha- I put it in my coffee because coffee, yeah. you even lose a more electrolyte. So that's a great tip right there. Okay. We talked about the nuts and bolts of keto. Yeah. And if they want to learn more, definitely get the book. You have diet, you have meal plans in there, you have testimonials, you have, it's a great book. Yeah. You also have something in there that I think is the most important thing in your book. And that's the habit of practicing gratitude. Yeah. Why did you include that in your keto book? Because since I wrote my first book, Fit to Fit, back in 2012, I have learned so many life lessons throughout the years. And this book was just launched earlier this year, 2019. And so what it is in Complete Keto is I've taken all the lessons I've learned on the mental, emotional side and personal development side where, you know, I've gone through my own personal journey, transitioning out of the religion I grew up in, getting a divorce, kind of hitting rock bottom and building myself back up to where I am today, to where I own my story. I embrace vulnerability as a strength and my eyes have been open in a sense. Anytime you hit rock bottom and you come out of that, you are a better version of yourself. And so I've taken all those lessons that I've learned from Fit to Fit and my own personal journey and added them to a ketogenic approach. And that's what I think, like you said, separates Complete Keto from every other book because the mental and emotional side is what 80% of people out there are struggling with. Mm-hmm. It's not so much the macros or the workouts or the supplements. Like That's a part of it for sure. But people overlook the importance of the mental and emotional challenges that need to be overcome to make whatever diet you're doing a lifestyle change. So instead of doing the keto diet, you're doing a keto lifestyle, but it takes you overcoming those emotional challenges or sometimes trauma that you've had since childhood that you haven't let go of or overcome. That's what's holding most people back out there, right? You know, most people in this industry, you see it online, people fighting back and forth about which diet's better, which exercise is better. And 
80% of America out there is struggling because not so much that, not lack of knowledge. Um, yes, there's a physical component to it, but the mental and emotional side, I think that's where most people struggle with. So gratitude specifically is one of the daily uh, lessons or daily uh, tasks that I ask people to do on top of meal plans and workouts and supplements. You'll see in there day one, yes, the recipes are in there, the meal plans are in there, what to eat, your workouts in there. But on top of that, you have other homework you have to do, and that is writing down a gratitude list, daily meditation, and positive affirmations. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you can do those three things on top of those other things, what happens is you become more fulfilled with where you're at instead of waiting till one day, you know, I'll be happy. One day when I get this body, one day when I lose the weight, one day when I have this much money, one day when I have this type of job or this type of life, then I'll be happy. And that's what most people out there struggle with is they want to be happy. They want these things thinking these outside things are going to bring them happiness mm -hmm. when in reality they can choose to be happy now, even though their life is imperfect. And even though their body isn't the way they want it to be, you can be happy now. And that's what a gratitude list helps you do. It changes your perception of your situation so that you're looking at your situation and you're looking for things to be grateful for in the now rather than one day. And I promise you, if you sit there and write three things every single day that you're grateful for and your brain looks for things to be grateful for, then throughout the day, you start to look at your situations in your life differently rather than looking at, oh, woe is me, my life sucks, things aren't perfect, I hate my body, I hate my job, I hate this. You're looking at things like, I'm grateful for this. Like, I'm grateful for, you know, the struggle. I'm grateful for this journey that I'm on. I'm grateful for all the trials and tribulations I've been through because this is what they've taught me. And if you could be grateful for your, the things you have in your life now, then you'll continue to be grateful and fulfilled even when you do get there. Because what happens is most people think, oh, once I have money, then I'll be happy. Once I have mm -hmm. this body, then I'll be happy. But what happens is if they're not grateful now, mm -hmm. even when they get there, they're still miserable. Yeah. Do you, that's the most important part of this interview, what you just shared, the last, whatever, two, three minutes. That is the most important piece that I see is missing with happiness, with health, because there is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. Yeah. And it's an, and it's an inside <laughs> job. And I, gratitude has changed my life, Drew. Yeah. I have notebooks, like notebooks like this. Yeah. Probably 30 or 40 of them just filled with gratitude really? and goals. Every single morning, <laughs> awesome, every single man. night, I have not missed a morning or night. My girlfriend does it too. And I keep it because one day I'm going to have a big stack and I'm going to take a photo with that stack. <laughs> but not, that's not why I do it. I do it because when I focus and I think about things that I appreciate or I want to have as if they already are happening, I get more of that. I'm yeah. a big believer that whatever we think about and think about, we bring about. Yeah. And 80% plus, I think it's 95% plus, yeah. are thinking about negative things or thinking about what's not working and what do yeah. they get? More of not of what's not working. So that what you just shared about gratitude, if you could get into the habit mm -hmm. of doing gratitude, meditation, being present, starting your morning like that and then going to bed like that, yeah. it's going to make all the difference. So exactly. I, I love that you shared that, dude. It's the most important part of this interview. Exactly. And that's why I included it in my book. And that's why it's called Complete Keto, because instead of it being just about a physical transformation, you know, it is about a complete transformation physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. That's where people will become more fulfilled in this life. The problem with our industry, the fitness industry is people's perception is they think they're only successful if they get the physical results. Like I'm only successful if I do keto and I lose weight and I get this body and if I don't, therefore I'm a failure. And what happens is people base their success on the results only rather than and it, not to quote Miley Cyrus, but I'm going to quote her. It's all about the climb. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. Like it's not about getting to the top. It's about what you learn. If I could get people to fall in love with the process or fall in love with the climb, it won't matter the results. 
because you'll love who you are, where you're at now, while you continue on the journey and you'll just keep moving forward instead of what happens in January. People go hard for two or three months and then they get derailed because they're not seeing the results as quickly as they want to. And they're like, this isn't worth it. I'm putting in all this effort and I'm seeing minimal results. It's easier just to go back to my old ways. And people get stuck in that same cycle every single year because their perception is that I'm only successful if I get the results. Don't right. make it about the results in 2020. Make it about falling in love with the process. If you can fall in love with the process, the results will take care of themselves over time. But you'll be fulfilled. You'll be happy. You'll be grateful for where you are now on this journey. And that's where we'll start to see real transformation, complete transformation. Mm. Yes, I love it. Amen, brother. <laughs> it's it's so true. I mean, I set big goals. And it's not even about hitting those goals. It's about who I have to become, yeah. the connections I have to make, the people I have to help on my way to yeah. accomplishing those goals. So if you could have that mindset, then every step along the way, brings happiness because yeah. like I, we said, it's an inside job. So, okay, Drew, we're almost winding down to our interview. Actually, before we get to this, what are you grateful for today? I'm grateful to be in Miami, Florida, even though the weather isn't perfect. I'm grateful for the rain and the clouds because our earth needs that sometimes too. We yep. can't just always have sun. You can't have rainbow without a little rain. That's right. You know, <laughs> That's right. I'm grateful for this time of year. You know, Christmas, December is like a really special time for me. And um, I'm grateful to ha live in a time where we have technology, where you and I can stand here in front of each other talking into this little tiny microphone thing that leads into this, which is then broadcast out there to the world. So like cool. we live in an amazing time. Yeah. So that's I what I'm it. grateful for. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> okay. We're going to do rapid fire. So I want you to answer these as as possible. Try not Kay. to think about it too much. And we'll go right down ready, the list. I have ready. about seven rapid fire questions Kay. here. All right. Number one, what's your favorite keto food? Ah, uh, shoot, that's a hard one. <laughs> keto coffee. I love keto coffee. How do you make it? Uh, I use, so I have my own brand of supplements called Complete Wellness. I do MCT oil powder. And if I, if I need a little bit extra calories, I'll do my salted caramel mm. keto meal replacement with collagen and MCT oil powder and coconut oil powder. It tastes delicious. And what beans do you use? Uh, right now, I'm using this company called Purity Coffee. Yeah. You know those guys? Yeah. Dude, it's a game did. changer. They're the best. Like, I, I stopped yeah. using other coffee brands totally. and just purity yep. so yep i love it yeah I'm a, i did a, a instagram takeover for them they're, oh, you did. they're amazing yeah. yeah shout out to purity good job yes okay this is supposed to be quick drew what i know sorry <laughs> sorry there's so many foods like popping up what's your favorite non-keto food pizza. pizza i love pizza what, what pizza kind of, is good what kind of um pizza? i'm not too picky but i like the one with the either the carnivore like all the meat mm. you know or what brand you mean no no just what type like you yeah. said carnivore all the meat yeah so sorry vegans all right yeah <laughs> what is the first thing you think of in the morning Other than I have to pee? <laughs> no. yeah, other than that. I try and think of where I'm at, like, like in the world and where I'm at emotionally. Like that's the first thing that pops up. Like, am I happy? Am I, is life going good? That's weird that I've never been asked that question before, but that's actually the first thing I think. It was like, where am I? Am I, am I happy in my life? Am I happy with where my life is at right now? Mm -hmm. hmm. So you're gaining your awareness yeah. at that moment. I love that's it. That's interesting. What's the best piece of advice you've ever got? People uh, go where they're invited, but they stay where they're appreciated. Mm. And so when it comes to relationships, like people go places if they're invited there, but if they're going to stay there, they have to feel appreciated. Yeah. So that kind of carries over into all my relationships. Like if I make people feel appreciated, they'll, they'll want to stay with me. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And you yeah. do, you, you have that, that's a gift of Thank yours. Thank you. What's the worst piece of advice you ever got? Uh, I've never gotten bad advice. Not that I can think of. Shoot. <laughs> 
I don't know. Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just made that one up. That's like a a Bible quote, I think. Oh, is it? Uh, But yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, I can flip it around. What's the most common bad advice you see out there? Maybe when it comes to health or whatever. What's the common theme you see that's not helping people? It's hurting them instead. I think the thing that I see is people struggle with self-worth. And this is something I struggled with my whole life. And so I feel like that's not advice people give, but it's something that, we adopt from a very young age from like the time someone tells us we're ugly, we're fat, we're stupid, we're dumb. We start to believe that lie. And then that changes our whole view on our life from that age on. And I think that's why most people suffer or struggle in this life. Cause we start to believe those lies as we become more aware as a five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 year old. And I think that's why there's so much suffering in this world mm-hmm. is because we buy into those lies. Yeah. We let somebody, determine our self-worth somebody yeah. else <clears throat> and as a young age we don't know how to convince ourselves or talk ourselves out right. of that we believe what people tell us whether we're you know like, oh you're amazing you're you're great oh yeah i am or you're dumb you're stupid we believe that too yeah yeah powerful i, yeah. I interviewed yesterday ashley delillo we saw it speak in newport oh cool she talked a lot about that yeah you know the first seven years of your life it's your programming <sighs> i know man so we got to kind of unlearn <laughs> and relearn like you yeah. talked about okay rapid fire what are we doing here <laughs> sorry going deep <laughs> favorite tv show growing up fresh prince of bel-air yeah yeah <laughs> i love is. that one too okay last rapid fire question is if you had one superpower what would that superpower be That's going to sound stupid, but uh, the ability to fly, I guess. Yeah, nothing special. Superman. Or just, just Superman. Anything Superman. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me Superman. I know that would be the best So your, your kryptonite would be like carbohydrates and sugar? Yeah, it would be Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That would be my kryptonite. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Drew, dude, this was an awesome yeah, interview, thank you, dude. I wanna, Appreciate I, it. I want to acknowledge you for the work that you're doing. Ever since I met you day one, you've been such a humble human being, authentic. Like you said, you make me feel welcome. I see that with everybody you. you're around. You have this amazing book that I highly recommend you go get. We'll put links for everything we talked about, all of his work in the podcast notes and the YouTube notes. But I acknowledge you because you show up in this world, you're authentic, you educate, you do amazing work. And it's not just today in this conversation, but every single day I see your actions, brother. And I really enjoyed this conversation. And thank you for making the time. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Ben. Always a pleasure. And thank you guys for tuning in and listening. And um, my hope is that, you know, you and me, this podcast that we did will help someone out there. Yeah, appreciate you, brother. brother. Thank you, man. Yep. I hope you enjoyed that discussion with Drew. If you want to watch the video version of this interview, we were in person here at Keto Camp HQ. You can find that over on the Keto Camp YouTube channel. Head over to youtube.com slash Keto Camp and you can rewatch this or re-listen to it, but actually watch it this time. We had a lot of fun. As you can see, Drew is just, he really cares about helping the world and helping others. Go check out Drew's work. Go get his book, Complete Keto. Go get his book, Fit to Fat to Fit, uh, The Unexpected Lessons, and just go check out his work. We're going to put all of the information, resources, and notes, and timestamps, and everything you actually want to hear and get from this episode In the notes section of this podcast, Rachel puts it all together for you. So go check out the notes and the resources of this podcast. Hey, take a screenshot of this episode right now if you haven't done so already and post it on Instagram. Tag me in it at TheBenazadi, that is T-H-E-B-E-N-A-Z-A-D-I, and then tag Drew Manning, which is Fit to Fat to Fit on Instagram. 
I'll be sure to see it and share it on my story. If you got any value from this, please leave the show a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes, or wherever you're listening from. It really helps the show out. And I put together a free 12-page ebook for you that's going to help you learn about keto, learn about fasting, and has a simple meal plan in there as well. This is a 100% free guide, which takes a lot of the confusion out of keto. If you head over to ketokickstartguide.com, you could go ahead and claim that for free today. That's ketokickstartguide.com. Hey, Keto Campers, thank you so much for listening to this entire episode with Drew and myself. I hope you enjoyed it. You'll hear me on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.